Hey guys, today I am joined with my friend Adam Martin, a, another California transplant here to Tennessee who has recently run for local office. So we talk about that experience, but we also talk about an issue that has come up all across this great nation of these really graphic sexualized books ending up in our library. And unfortunately, I am sad to say it's happening even here in deep red rural Tennessee. And so he talks about the experience of discovering those, organizing a protest, and actually having a really positive result so far, but we're just getting started. So I'm excited to hear his story. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Wendy Cunningham at ProtonMail.com. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey guys. Okay. Today I am super excited. I am joined with my friend, Adam, Adam Martin, and he is a fellow escapee of California who has moved here to middle Tennessee. And honestly, Adam, you'll have to remind me, I cannot recall how you and Tom got connected. How did you guys become friends? It was the classic Facebook friendship (laughs) connection. We just, I'm pretty sure he was trying to get rid of some pigs I asked some questions, reached out to him, messaged, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a brand new homesteader. Um, And then, you know, we just friended each other on Facebook. And next thing you know, I'm seeing his crazy uh, posts uh, about 9-11 conspiracies and whatnot. And he's (laughs) seeing my over-the-top dramatic posts about God knows only what. Um, Yeah, basically, that's kind of how we met. And I was like, hey, let let's grab a coffee and hang out. And so we did. And and both of us were trying to figure out which one of us was the FBI agent, and which one wasn't. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 you know, it's serendipity, I guess. And uh, as you know, here in Middle Tennessee now, um, the circles tighten every single day. You meet people from the West Coast, I mean, from all over the place. Um, but as you guys know, God has done quite a thing here in middle Tennessee with bringing like-minded individuals together, have a place to live free and with Liberty. And, you know, we, we fled tyranny and overtaxation and overregulation and all the things, you know, and I feel sorry for a lot of the friends and family that we still have back there behind enemy lines. Uh, but you know, all that to say we're here and we're loving life in middle Tennessee. I know y'all are doing the same thing. Oh, that's so good. So I have a couple of kind of categories that I want to go over with you because you're exactly right. Circles are closing. And we've talked about this before. Oftentimes it is those of us who have kind of lived under some of the policies that we don't want to see happen here in Tennessee. And of course, you know, the original, the OG Tennesseans can be a little weary of those transplants, but oftentimes we're the more conservative and active ones fighting because we know what it looks like when things turn the wrong way, right? And on that note, you ran for office recently, and I want to know what office and why did you step up to that plate? All right. So, yes, I did. I ran uh, this year for Murray County Commissioner, District 10. And uh, so in Murray County, we have uh, 11 different districts and there's two commissioners per district. The commissioners are basically the legislators of the county. Uh, We hold the purse strings. We, you know, we we legislate. Uh, The mayor in our county is basically a figurehead. Um, And so, yeah, so I ran for that. I, I uh, you know, about a year ago, Tom and I and a bunch of other guys and gals, uh, we were just kind of talking about, there, it's been a, a slow moving process where we've just felt like over the last 12 to 18 months that we need to get involved locally, uh, that we need to hold the, the purse strings to the county, so to speak, and the, mm-hmm. and the keys to the county. Uh, because at the end of the day, even before uh, the last election, which we all know was uh, fraudulent at best. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where your listeners are on that, but I don't oh, really I've, care I've either. I've said it. I've uh, said it. 
I mean, you know, I'm sure both sides cheat uh, and have been cheating forever. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's just nobody on God's green earth that thinks that Joe Biden got more votes than uh, Barack Obama. You know, okay. uh, it's just craziness. But anyways, all that to say uh, myself and, and a lot of these other patriots that have been just talking and getting the ball rolling. Uh, we've just talked about how we can affect local. We can affect our backyards. You know, we can affect change here. And, you know, we can't do a lot about what's going on in the federal government, even the state government, you know, mm -hmm. sort of, um, because there's an establishment there. There's an establishment at the federal level. There's an establishment at the state level. And it's the good old boy, good old girl club, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, groups, even church groups, uh, men's clubs. And that was probably, I know you're going to end up, I'm going to go ahead and get there right now. That was probably the most startling thing that I learned about politics, run, me running. And mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, I learned a lot of things. I learned yeah. a ton during this run. Uh, I ran as a Republican because I am a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm an ultra right wing fundamentalist. Call me whatever you want. Christian uh, pro-life, pro-gun, pro-the Constitution, pro-liberty, pro-freedom, pro-all of it. I, Love I'm, you. I'm small government. I've been a small government guy my whole life. I just didn't know it. I, I was just learning it as I went, you know, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, I, I've always found corruption to be abhorrent, no matter where it's at, whether it's in the church or government or in law enforcement, anything like that. As soon as I sense it or sniff it out, uh, I really don't like it at all. Uh, so I ran for county commission. I ended up losing by 55 votes. Oh. Uh, I got, let's see what I get. I got, yeah. So I took, uh, there was two, there was two positions open. Uh, five of us ran for two positions two Republicans and three independents. And I lost, I got third place by 55 votes. Mm. The second place vote getter uh, was a guy named Tommy Walliver, who's been the commissioner in that district for 16 years. Mm. And I literally was people, I, you know, and I wasn't going to do any mudslinging or anything like that. He's, he's a, he's a good enough guy. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, man, you've had so much time in this seat. Uh, you know, we, we just need to get some young blood in here and yeah. I'm all for term limits. So I was literally kind of standing on that, you know, that we need term limits, even at the local level. Uh, I don't think there's any reason why, I mean, career politicians is what has gotten us into this mess today. Mm, uh, so Republicans true. and Democrats. Is this the first time you've run for office? Yeah. It is the first time I, I've run. I've never run for any uh, public office. I've never even thought about it. I've always joked about running for president of the United States someday and having <laughs> to write my tell-all book. Uh, but, and, and, you know, already having, a, a, I guess, a platform to run on. Uh, the first one, first thing I wanted to do was replace all the Taco Bells in America with authentic Mexican taco stands. Uh, and then I've got a couple other things that I want to do when I become president. But that was kind of the big one there. Pretty big it's it, it would be a big deal for sure would you do it again run for office that is you know what i don't know um I, you know i i did it because leslie and i actually my wife and i both were considering it because the opportunity had arisen we had been vetted uh the the local republican party was looking for patriots and for conservatives and for candidates to run they knew that there was going to be a, a big turnover on the commission and on the school board mm -hmm. and so you know leslie and i just started praying about it and talking about it and at the end of the day uh she doesn't like people which would make her uh probably not a very good politician <laughs> and I, I like people i like to talk to people uh, unfortunately I'm very honest. And so that makes me not a very good politician, but we chose, I kind of drew the short straw on the deal and, uh, and decided to do it. And she was in full support. And so it was a God thing that otherwise I wouldn't have done it. Would sure. I do it again? If God called me to do it, I would absolutely do it, you know? Uh, but you know, since I lost the, uh, the election was August 6th. And I just immediately shifted gears. There was already some major things on my, on my agenda. 
And I was expecting to win. I was fully expecting to win. Mm -hmm. uh, but as soon as I lost, it was like, okay, I am not a county commissioner, but I have things to do and I'm going to get busy doing those things. And I don't have to be a politician. I don't have to act like a politician. I don't have to watch what I say. Uh, but the beauty of it also was that I had a running mate, uh, a good friend of mine, Aaron Miller, which I know you know as well. Mm -hmm. He was running in a different district, but for the same position for county commissioner. And he, it's funny because he basically just campaigned on being a Republican and, and just figured he just let it happen at the ballot box. And I literally campaigned for him. I was waving his sign and I was doing all this stuff. And I was like, I was super nervous that Aaron was going to lose and I was going to win. And I was like, I do not want to be on this county commission alone mm. because, well, well, I'll get into, I'll get into that. But we, him and I basically ended up being, becoming pariahs uh, in the Republican party, uh, local Republican party, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm sure you want to know all about that. I sure do. Tell me more. <laughs> so being newcomers and Aaron, he's a very well-educated uh, individual. He has been political for a long time, loves politics. He's very well-read. He's going to school for international business relations. And I mean, like, you know, all the things he's getting his master's, I believe he's in the air force. Um, he's just very articulate. He, he's just, he, he's, he's good. He's going to be good in that position. He's a legislator. He can write law already. Hmm. Uh so, but I, I'm the blue collar, you know, uh, redneck, I guess, uh, hillbilly, just kind of the common sense guy. I, I was bringing a common sense angle to, you know, to the commission seat. So mm -hmm. we were planning on being in there together and working together on, on the things that we're working on. And, and obviously that has to do with freedom and liberty, first and foremost, uh, we're both, and we've said it from the beginning that we're both principal over party. Mm -hmm. principle over party and when we said that that of course this is the non-politician coming out at me and i tell the truth all the time so i literally was telling people hey yeah i'm running as a republican i'm a republican i'm a conservative but i am principle over party all day every day the constitution mm -hmm. matters uh, my biblical principles matter my morals matter you know there's a lot of things above the republican party in my opinion amen uh, and so i at the end of the day uh when it comes to a lot of things i'm going to choose principle over party all day every day well turns out the local establishment republican party is not really a fan of individuals like me <laughs> and i got tested I got tested early on uh, about towing the party line locally, and I had no idea. I mean, when you're in a, in a county that's 80% red or whatever it is, you just don't – you hear about political infighting, but you can never imagine it until you're standing in the middle of it, and you're like, this is really happening. I am really getting taken to task over my principle over party stance, and mm -hmm. because I will not do what they're asking me to do – I will not support this individual because they're telling me to support this individual, even though I don't even know this individual. And I, I haven't vetted this individual, you know, it's just like, I just blew the whistle right off the bat. And, and mm -hmm. I let the other people that were running know immediately. And I knew that those messages that I was sending, were going to get right back to the establishment Republican GOP in Murray County, the power brokers uh, at that, you know, the power brokers, and that this was going to, you know, I, I didn't know what it was going to do. All I knew is that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the truth and I want everybody to know it. I'm not going to be used as a political pawn, period. Mm -hmm. And that just, that, that was the beginning of the end, to be honest with you. That happened April 6th is, is kind of the breaking point when that started and the, and the election wasn't until August 6th. Uh, Wow. So I just continued to do my thing and campaign for myself, campaign for Aaron Miller. Uh, I did a ton of door to door. Everybody I talked to, when I talk to people about freedom and liberty, everybody, it doesn't matter who it is. I remember I went up to one door 
uh, to hand a business card and it's got the American flag on it. It's got the Tennessee flag on it. It says Adam Martin for commissioner. And this gal, like she put up both hands and she goes, Oh no, 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 no. She goes, I'm not the right person to, to talk to. I guarantee you and I don't see eye to eye. Hmm. And I said, hang on a second. I said, let's, let's talk for a second, you know? And I just shifted gears and I just said, are you a fan of freedom and liberty? She said, yeah. I said, are you concerned about your property taxes going up right now in Mount Pleasant and in Murray County? Are you concerned with growth? Are you concerned? You know, I just started down the list and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it turns out she's basically high up in the Democratic Party in Murray County. But you know what? When I walked away from that door, I felt like I may have a vote right there, to be honest, you know. And so that's what it's all about, you know, when we're in an 80 percent because I've been in her shoes when I lived in California, where I felt disenfranchised mm. being a conservative because I, it, did, it didn't matter. Right. Everything's led by liberal Democrats, liberal, woke Marxist Democrats. And so I know what it feels like to be disenfranchised. And that's really what I honestly wanted to convey to her and to other people is like, hey, look, I'm for freedom and liberty first and foremost. You know, yes, I'm conservative on all these issues. I'm a gun-toting conservative, you know, but I'm going to legislate like, you know, I'm going to take my position seriously and I'm going to represent my 5,000 constituents and what they want. If they want a dollar general... I'm going to help them get a dollar general. Like if they, whatever they, whatever they want in general, I'm going to help as long as it doesn't go up against my principles. Right. Right. And so major, you know, major on the majors and minor on the minors. So I felt like my message was really resonating and that's why I got 450 or 400 votes, even though the Republican party actively worked against me. And I know for a fact, I've, I've uncovered a lot since then. Uh, I actually had a, and you know about this, uh, someone that I, that I considered a friend, uh, was in a, uh, members only chat with Mm -hmm. yourself, with Thomas and others. And there had been some political banter back and forth, uh, about the fifth congressional district candidates and people were chiming in with how they felt and, those conversations ended up getting screenshot and used against me later on in the campaign. Incorrectly. I literally tracked down who it was. That's correct. Incorrectly. They incorrectly quoted your husband, Thomas Cunningham, and I had put a gif on there because I'm kind of the gif man and I kind of like doing that sometimes. And uh, yeah, so uh, it it, it was kind of benign and harmless in a way. But then it was terrible in another way. You know, you you've heard people talk about, oh, yeah, they're super sweet to your face, you know, and bless your heart, honey. And then behind your back, they're stabbing you in the back. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I always give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But that is literally what was going on is I was being stabbed in the back hard. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of put a button in this um, or a pin in this rather. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart to run for office, obviously, because this is the nature of the beast. And we're talking about a local race. This isn't even on a large scale. You know, this is like you said 400 votes. You know, this is like a small community, a small town. It's just really disappointing. But I think it's really important to highlight the fact that I know a lot of people are in this kind of holding pattern where it's all going to be fine once after the midterms. And then after we get, you know, Trump back or whatever. And I'm just like, gosh, goodness gracious, no one else is going to go fight on your behalf like you are. No one is going to build the future for your family like you are. You have got to be engaged. We cannot rely on the establishment parties, plural, either. You just can't do it. I mean, it's just so proven again and again. And this is sad to say that it comes so far down to the local level i had a little bit more hope in the local party but ugh, all that to say let's let's shift gears here for a minute because i'm super curious about a specific issue that's happened in murray county and not specific to Murray County. It's actually happening all across our nation, but you were involved in it here in Murray County. So I get to kind of go behind the curtain and, and walk through this with you. But 
we had some books show up in our public library that were inappropriate, right? So tell me about this situation. What were the books? What happened? How'd you find out about this? Okay, so we got to back up just a hair. Um, back it. last October, a year ago, uh, my wife actually was going to the library to study, and she just happened to notice a display of uh, LGBT books right at the checkout where you would check out a book. There was a big display with a sign on it, but it was it was obvious, and it was at kids' height, and it was right at the at the entrance. So. We took a picture of it uh, and just kind of started talking about it loosely with a couple other people. And at the exact same time, the library director uh, publicized and used the library to to promote a drag queen book reading at his uh brewing company at his at his brewery or, or brewing company and I, I mean his name is zach fox and his his establishment is bad idea brewing and so he he publicized this and it literally said kid friendly uh and you could go online to buy tickets and they had actually uh they had to explain how oh you can get tickets uh you can get around the 21 and over thing by doing this that and the other with the ticket changer whatever Anyways, that ha when that happened, that was more of a big deal because then it was like, okay, on Facebook, you know, people started noticing this and saying, hey, this is not right. Like, he, this guy's pushing an agenda at the library and now using his private, you know, using the library to promote an event at his private business for drag queen book reading that's kid friendly. Uh, we have a problem with that. You know, a bunch of people have a problem with that. And so that was what got him on our radar and got the library on our radar unbeknownst to me uh i when we first moved here my sister used to take her kids all the time to that library drop them off they'd do their homework they'd get on the internet whatever and a lot of homeschool moms in columbia area were doing that mm -hmm. when we moved here four years ago well zach fox got hired three years ago and things changed and people stopped doing that homeschool moms started not feeling safe there they started not taking their kids there so <clears throat> fast forward now to election time, Eric Miller and I, he, he had gotten into it big time with the uh, LGBTQ uh, crowd over this issue that the library has got this woke agenda going on. And then these Adam, books what, when that you say, are, when you say he got into it with them, what does that mean on Facebook? Like in what capacity? Yeah. So it was on Facebook. I, my, he just basically started calling out, I think it was after the drag queen book reading, like the whole month of November, December, that he called out the library director specifically. He called him a monster and he called and he called the books and the people that advocate for those books groomers. Mm -hmm. And this was when the whole Disney thing was kind of blowing up kind of too at the same time last November, December. Uh, so it was a hot button issue at that moment. And he just basically started calling out the library director on the woke agenda and, and on these books and on, on what was going on there. We started election season. We kind of backed off on it, I guess. I mean, there just wasn't much news to report or anything going on per se. But it was an issue that we definitely, once we got elected, we were planning on getting on the admin committee uh, where we would be over the top of the library board who mm -hmm. hires the Lord library director Okay. because obviously this issue is bigger than the director of the library. Mm -hmm. He's been sitting there for three years under this board and they, you know, obviously he didn't just start doing this and we've been raising the red flag since last October on Facebook, basically uh, calling attention to it and nothing has happened. Right. Mm -hmm. So so we get into election season, it's June, and Aaron and I are standing in a parking lot, just happen chance, uh, I was actually doing a, uh, a milk delivery in Columbia, and one of the dads showed up uh, with his family to pick up milk, and uh, he's a really cool dude, and he started talking to us, and we started talking about what was going on, the Marxist agenda, and basically this guy was like, hey, have you seen the display at the library? And we're like, no, we, we have, what are you talking about? He said, oh man, he said, they got a whole display of kids books, their children's books. 
there's like 28 of them and they're spread out across the counter right at the entrance of the library. And they're all LGBT, QRST, uh, you know, Pride Month books for kids. And so we're like, okay, we're going to go get those books. Like we're going to go, I mean, we just felt like right at that moment, like this is our patriotic duty. We are going to go clear that shelf uh, because we don't want these books in the hands of children, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, we're going to go through these books and have a look and see what, what they're pushing on these kids. Mm-hmm. So we took them home and started going through them. And real quick, um, there was books that were la- they were labeled YA for young adult. According to the American Library Association, young adult is ages 12 to 18 years of age. All the other books, they had subtlety, subtle stuff. These books went all the way down to toddlers. Uh, one of the books was called, you know, uh, Papa and Daddy, Papa, Daddy and Me. It's literally for a two-year-old, for his his or her two dads to read this book to them, right? Goodness. Again, my tax dollars don't need to pay for this. Uh, these people can buy these books and have, they can have their own private library with stuff with all these books. I don't care. Uh, but these are being paid for with my taxpayer dollars. So yeah. I have a say. Yeah. So the YA books, I pulled open one book, and this is the book that I've basically made famous now, and it's famous now across the U.S. Of course, this book is written in the United Kingdom by a transgender who has lived both as a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and he wrote this book for young adults. He says it right inside of there, young adults. Uh, it's called This Book is Gay, and literally i started getting into it and i was just i I, it was just sick uh there was illustrations there was an illustration of a man naked illustration of a woman naked and then on the adjoining pages um there was descriptions of boy on boy sex Mm. girl on girl sex and then descriptions as to uh you know what parts of the body are sensitive and like literally uh graphic uh, content and in you know, age inappropriate content, you know, is basically what we're saying. It's just not appropriate. I don't know how that's uh, not considered like pornography. How is that not considered pornography? Well, it's very interesting you say that because one of the first things I did was I took this book and I showed uh, the district attorney, Brent Cooper, these pictures and, and I sent him screenshots of the pages. And he looked into it. And if you read the definition of pornography, it fits. But when he talked to, uh, you know, other DAs, uh, I think he went up to the state level and talked to some people. And basically they're like, yeah, not quite close, but not quite. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Whatever. Wow. Uh, they are age inappropriate books. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, so I you organized. Posting. Yeah. Tell me what you organized and how you did that so we sat we sat on the books for uh probably a good six to eight weeks during the campaign season actually it wasn't even that long it was probably four weeks uh but i just started getting stir crazy on it i told aaron i said man we gotta drop this we we gotta put this out because people need to know uh i was literally kept checking out the books in fact i still have two of the books that are the so egregious that i just don't want to turn them back so i just keep checking them out we both made big huge stories on facebook posting the pictures and the description of what we did, what we found. And basically we blew it up on Facebook and people went crazy. Uh, we, we both got doxxed hard. You know, we both had trolls. We both had people that we were friends with on Facebook, local people that totally went after us. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we definitely knew we struck a nerve uh, when we did it. But at the same time, we started having people reaching out to us quietly and saying yeah we know what's going on there we've seen it we don't like it we need to do something about it organized a protest or you you rallied people together to show up at a meeting and what was that meeting and how did you do that organizing people to come well here's the first thing that happened and this is going to be really interesting uh i think to you is that the very first murray county gop meeting after the election which was about the third, it was the last uh, Monday in August. So the election was August 6th, the very next Murray County GOP meeting. Towards the end of the meeting, uh, the chairwoman, Debbie Matthews, called on me to speak about 
what was going on at the library. Uh, because we were we had tentatively planned on going to the next uh, library board meeting. Mm-hmm. So I had just found out that it, it sounded like the library board meeting wasn't going to happen. It was supposed to happen the very following night. Uh, I had some bad information. I don't know what happened. But basically, I said, no, there's no library board meeting tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to punt until next month, basically, September. That The beautiful thing about that was it gave us tons of time to really get the word out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the very next thing that happened is on Wednesday morning, uh, the communications director for the Murray County GOP uh, messaged me and he said, hey, I got people asking me about that meeting tonight. Is there a meeting tonight or not? And so I messaged him back and I said, no, there's not. We're going to, we're going to punt to next month, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, I want to make a, I want to send out an email right now because there's some there's some confusion. I said, I said, okay. And he said, you want to write it? And I said, yeah, I'll write it real quick. So I wrote a real quick email, hard hitting email and just said, it's time for good people to stand up. Hmm. We are going to stand together in four weeks. We're going to go to this board meeting. Uh, we are going to take on, and at the very last two words of that letter, I said, sick agenda. <laughs> that caused a firestorm, immediately caused a huge firestorm in the Murray County GOP and beyond. <laughs> the very next morning, Debbie Matthews was on the radio, and she had a local conservative, uh, supposedly conservative, gay activist come on with their on the radio with her and the other the other guys that are on the show and basically this guy just went after her and he was calling me wild wild west and what ended up happening was that that local gay activist he actually organized a, a gay church night or a, a, he brought in a special speaker from oklahoma that talks to lgbt people about how jesus loves them which I totally agree. Jesus yeah, loves everybody. Absolutely. Uh, but he organized this. He organized this as a counter, basically, to what we were doing, and he scheduled it to be like a few nights before we were having the next library board meeting that we were going to show up at. Okay. So the lead up to the meeting, uh, I started having these people kind of getting a hold of me quietly and saying, "Hey, we want to be involved. What can we do?" Uh, I had one lady in particular, her name's Charlsey Estes, and she, we met during the campaign, uh, which was a total God, you know, God appointment. Her and her husband are super sweet people. They actually live right near us and they had us over for dinner one night. We prayed together and she is a, she's a fireball and she was Hmm. an educator. Uh, She is a truth teller. She knows the word of God very, very well. And she is extremely concerned about this issue. And so she literally sent a letter out to 25 local churches uh, telling them what was going on, that this meeting was coming up, that we will not stand for the sexualization of children in Murray County on Murray County taxpayer dollars Mm -hmm. and that everybody needs to show up. And so we had, I felt like we had a lot of people that were going to show up. I was very confident. So basically we showed up to the library board meeting. And there were so many people and there was about a hundred, maybe even 120 people total. Um, and the library board acted like, or they said that they didn't know that we were coming or whatever, and they didn't have enough room for all of us. They only had a room that would accommodate 30 people. Mm-hmm. And so the chairman basically immediately was like, Hey, we're, we can't do this tonight. We're going to have to do it another night, get a bigger venue. And <clears throat> we politely objected and said, Hey, look, we've got people that have traveled here from out of town. Uh, we have a lot of people here. We have people ready to speak tonight and we want to put our statements on record at the yeah. very least. And so we basically negotiated in that room with the other side, uh, that we could have three speakers, uh, five minutes apiece, and for each side. And then, and then we would, we would punt to a later date to have a bigger meeting to accommodate everybody. Mm-hmm. So. We decided on our three. They decided on their three. The chairman let their side go first. And so they were going to go through all of their their statements. And then they were going to go to the three, the three that we picked. Mm-hmm. So they were so unorganized and so silly and so mm-hmm. mentally ill. And I, and I say all these things because they're truth. It, it's just truth. Um, 
they actually picked a girl to be their first speaker that they didn't even know. And she stood up and literally all I can explain to you is that she sent them into total confusion. Uh, she called down the fire of God and judgment on that room and on the leaders in that room and on the people in that room and on the people of Murray County. And just hmm. basically, I mean, she is actually completely against their agenda, but they didn't know her and they picked her to be their first speaker. Oh, and that so she is stood good. Up and started talking. Oh, it was so good. It, it really set them into confusion, like Old Testament. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so the their leader, his name, he's a local guy. His name's L Lucas Banks is his name. So he actually cut her off about 20 seconds in and said, hey, just so y'all know, this gal is not with us. Oh, hilarious. And, you know, the the uh, yeah, the chairman of the board said, it's no problem. We're going to let her. She needs to let her finish, you know, and, you know, whatever. We won't count her against y'all. But the beauty of it is. <laughs> We still got to have our three speakers. So it really ended up being four speakers against three speakers. Oh, that's hilarious. Total God thing. Yeah. So, so Lucas Banks went, he spoke and and uh, he was organized. He had a speech ready. Um, you know, he did talk about uh, a lot of the things that they're passionate about, to be fair, uh, as far as like mental illness, mental health, uh, suicide. You know, but he but he's tying this all back to making sure that these kids can have these books so that they don't have those issues. Well, it doesn't that make you no two sense. seconds. It makes zero sense because if you do any research at all, yeah, they have super high uh, suicide rates because they have mental illness. There's a ton of abuse that has happened. There's all kinds of reasons why they're at the place that they're at and offering these books. Uh, to them in a public library with taxpayer dollars is not going to help them. It doesn't mm. help their situation at all. Uh, and our whole argument is, is that, you know, if y'all want to buy these books for these kids, that that's on you, but don't put it on me. Don't put it on us. Like we should not be paying for this. Uh, so, so what was the goal and he going, work. going into it? What were y'all uh, trying to accomplish? Like what was the best case scenario? So our goal, so Aaron, Aaron spoke, I spoke, and uh, Charles C. Estes spoke. And our goal was really to shine light on the situation because a lot of people literally don't know what books are in there and right. what's in those books. And so, you know, this has been done quietly and, and they've, they've eased their way into this library and the locals, the people around here, they, they have no clue. And when you show it to them, they can't believe it. And so for the people that aren't on Facebook, you know, the, this was a chance for them to show up and be like, okay, I want to see it. I want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And literally when Aaron Miller was quoting some of the books, the, I mean, you could hear the air get sucked out of the room. You could hear uh, some of the board members, you know, taking pause and turning and looking and like making, you know, reacting to the material because wow. they, it was like they didn't know our goal really was to shed light on it. And also uh, Aaron Miller said that the director should resign in his statement. My words were a lot more harsh because I'm not a uh, elected official. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think my words were that he needs to be fired immediately, like that this board needs to fire him for, for pushing this agenda on the children of Murray County. Mm -hmm. And that we are not going to stand by and let this continue to happen, period. And we will not relent. And I told them that. I what happened? What came came from this, Adam? <laughs> so what happened was, uh, you know, after the meeting, we we parted ways. Uh, we we had a uh, a little get together uh, with the people that arrived to support us, and we had great support for the community. Uh, I will say there was a lot of people that did not show up that said they were going to show up that I expected to show up, uh, and this is going to be their last chance as far as I'm concerned, before I start calling them out down the road, to be honest with you, mm. uh, they came up with reasons why they, why they couldn't show up. And part of it, honestly, is because of me. Uh, I've been labeled now a lightning rod, a firebrand, uh, a bull on a China cabinet, all kinds of things that I actually embrace. Uh, <laughs> but it's causing some people to steer clear of, of what I'm doing. And obviously, 
I'm sure you can tell by the way I'm talking that I'm talking about politicians. Of course. But at the end of the day, they're politicians. And so they're trying to, you know, watch what they say, watch what they do, watch who they align themselves with. And that's the dirty, nasty business of politics. Yeah. So they may quietly call me and support me. They may send me messages, whatever. And so I know that they're there. Uh, but I think that the days for standing by quietly are over. Yes, sir. And that was part of that letter that I sent Murray County GOP was that the silent majority is done. Uh, the silent majority is what got us here today. Mm-hmm. It's time for the silent majority to become the loud mm-hmm. majority. Mm-hmm. And also this whole premise of tolerance and preaching tolerance We should not tolerate child abuse. Mm -hmm. There are lines that need to be drawn and we should not tolerate this kind of activity anymore. And so that is the message that we sent. Uh, I'm happy to report that this Monday, the library director offered his letter of resignation uh, and that there's more fault. There's, there's more fallout to come for sure. Uh, But we're not going to stop and we're not going to relent. And we have another meeting scheduled next Wednesday. Uh, What's I the date? Encourage all of your listeners, if they're hearing, I think it's the 26th. October 26th. So Wednesday at the Tom Prim Room, which is off the square in downtown Columbia, from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I want to have 200 of us there. And I feel very confident that we're going to be pushing that number. There will be people standing around on the streets trying to get in. And that's what I want. Uh, we're, we are not going to relent. We're not going to slow down. We're not going to stop. Our, our message is going to change a little bit because the, the, we basically cut the head off the snake. Uh, Hmm. but there's much more work to be done. This entire board sat over the top of this guy for three years and their mission statement. If you go, I, I wish I had it on hand, but if you go to the Murray County library and you look at their mission statement, he actually says this in his resignation letter that he was following what they put together with the library board. I think it was two or three weeks after he got hired. And of course there's equitable in there and there's some other things in there. And it's just like, he did exactly, they, they were doing what they were wanting to do. It's just, they picked the wrong crowd. Uh, they did not realize what their constituency was and we're, we're just, we're not going to take this. Yeah. It's just so shocking because, you know, I've heard this for months and months on social media all across the country. It's so shocking when this is the like red, red, red state, been red, red, red in a rural area. This isn't Nashville. This isn't like Knoxville. You know, this is rural middle Tennessee. I just cannot believe you're actually, I'm not in Murray County. I'm like, I'm going to go to the library where I live. And I wouldn't have even thought that that was something I needed to be looking for or concerned about, but maybe I'm behind the eight ball, even in my own local area. And I know your husband is much more privy to the, uh, you know, rules for radicals and the Marxist agenda. And I know Aaron Miller as well. He, he is very well read on it. Uh, but this is their playbook and yeah. they're sowing sexual chaos. I mean, this is, this, this it's so much bigger Uh, But I believe that this has been intentionally done. I believe it's in every single county across America. Uh, I've I've now talked to multiple people in other counties that are going through the exact same things. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. uh, The school, the schools, uh, the ALA and the ALSA are basically two organizations in one. And if you look at who's at the top of that, I'm going to post some quotes from some of the people that are at the top of those two organizations, which are the same. What are those organizations? Uh, they are Marxists. It's the American Library Association. Okay. And then the American uh, School Library Association. Okay. So it'd be ASLA. Okay. Uh, they're they, Marxists. They're led by Marxists. Yeah. And that's the problem that we're now facing is that the only people qualified to run these libraries and run this system have all gone through the same school. And, and I know that they're backed by big, big money, obviously. I mean, George Soros is probably one of their biggest fans. Mm-hmm. 
so this is this is going to be really really big but we need to start at the grassroots level we need to start right here we need to start in lawrence county in marshall county in giles county in lincoln county in williamson county you know and when it when it catches fire and people see i want people to realize this that these people are silly they're not prepared and that if we show up and we're concise and to the point that we will blow them away. I'm telling so you. So true. So true. And, and that's the biggest, it's just the biggest takeaway. They're super loud on Facebook. They're super loud when they all get together, you mm-hmm. know, when Soros backed Antifa and BLM start burning down cities. But when you get five of them in a building here in Murray County, they, they, they're out of their, they're out of their, uh, out of the fishbowl. That's so good to say too, because, you know, kind of just to wrap it up, I want to, you know, give some tips to people who want to replicate this in other local counties to us, but also just across the nation. But I think you hit on a really important point that we have got to step out of the social media realm and step into real life because, and I want to be very clear. This isn't to advocate any sort of violence that, like you said, the, the only thing we actually need to do is show up and be concise and truthful, right? I mean, because the it's called a silent majority, which means most people, this is a winning issue. This is an issue where you don't actually have the resistance that maybe it feels like you have because of the algorithms on social media make it sound like everybody's into this. Nobody's into this. Nobody is into this. So we have to start showing up in person, take this off social media, bring it to -to face-to-face in a very civilized, articulate manner. It will do nobody any good to scream and yell. And it sounds like there was no screaming and yelling at your event at all. That's great. It was very, very civil. We had a a pre-planned meeting, you know, we we had pre-planned statements. Uh, we literally talked about that we need to have thick skin. They may cuss at us. They may spit on us. They may do lots of things. Uh, we had we had way too much security there. We called the sheriff's department, the police department. We had private security. It was probably way too much. Um, but you need to be prudent and, and, and careful sure. because these people are, are amoral, they're amoral people. They don't have a moral compass. Yeah. And so uh, this is the peaceful way, what we're doing. It's the peaceful way. That's what we want. We just want to live and let live be left alone. The problem is with their Marxist ideology, they can never leave us alone. And so we have to go toe to toe with them in the public square, toe to toe, so to speak. We need to go voice to voice and face to face. Our children are off limits. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just simple. And, uh, and Jesus said it very well. He said it's better for a, a person to have a millstone wrapped around his neck and be cast into the ocean than that he should harm one of these little ones. So true. And so we just, we want to do the peaceful route. You know, we, that's, that, that's what we're doing is the peaceful route. I would encourage people. I know it's happening, but seriously, every, there's tons of boards you can get on run for school board, run for city council, run for county commission, uh, get in one of, get, build a relationship with one of those people and support them. They need people to show up as well. When they stand up there, we've got new uh, school board members that they're fighting a woke agenda in that school board and they are outnumbered. Mm -hmm. And when they see us sitting in those seats, they're Mm -hmm. instantly like, all right, I got some backup here. You know, I got some people that agree with me and I'm going to stand up and tell the truth unashamedly because I know, I know I'm doing the right thing. And I know these people are here to support me. So go to these meetings, get involved, uh, show up at a, at at one of these rallies. You don't have to say a word. Literally your presence is, is is all that's needed most of the time. And and just to stand up and, and stay calm and, you know, be a light. I think that we, I said this on my last podcast, actually, that so much of what I do as a parent is not because I'm certain that it will make a difference because so often it feels like it doesn't make a difference, you know, like with the CDC voting to put this on the COVID vaccine on the childhood schedule, I sent my com, my public comment in knowing they're going to do it anyway. It feels like it doesn't make a difference, but 
I have to do it because I have to look my kids in the eye and say, I did everything I could do. I did, to your point, I stayed peaceful. I spoke up. I was articulate. I was researched. I, I showed up. And so if it, if it all crumbles or what have you, which I'm, you know, I trust in God and he is sovereign over all of it. And that's all I need to know. But I want to know that I did what I could do, what I had the power to do and what God was calling me to do. So I think that's awesome. You guys next Wednesday, make sure if you're anywhere local in this area to, to show up, be there. What time did you say, Adam? So it's 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. And then people can also, um, I didn't mention this, uh, Aaron Miller and I and two other gentlemen have started a 501c4 called the Foundation for Liberty and Freedom. Love it. Uh, we've got a website up now. And and our mission, besides this, this was just our first little uh, you know, splash in the water. But really, our mission is to counter this ag- agenda when it comes to our children. And so we're going to be working on getting donors to donate uh, money in order to buy books like the Tuttle Twin sets and Brave Book series um, that we can get out to homeschool kids that we can um, just start just start reversing a little bit uh, what's going on with this agenda and and just start turning the tide. And this is a 75 year project, you know, Mm. Um, we've got to do what they've been doing and they've been they've been eating the elephant one bite at a time. So it's time for us to start taking back those bites, you know, one bite at a time. So love uh, it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam. I will link your information in the show notes so people can find your foundation and are you on social media? Uh, I am. So you can find me on the, on Facebook. Uh, people can reach out to me. They can instant message me off of Facebook. Uh, if they have questions or, or anything coming down, you know, down the road, uh, I'd love to talk to more people about this and, and encourage people to do what we're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Adam. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that you do not want us to be tempting kids into this sort of sin. If that is not obvious, common sense wise, it's most certainly very clear in your word, Lord. We are just so sad. We're just so sad at the state of our nation, at the state of our community, at the state of the heart of people, Lord. And we just pray for your guidance and discernment as we handle these issues. How would you have your church stand in this situation? How would you have your church act? Lord, we are just laying this at your feet. We know that you're on the throne and we know that we can be your hands and feet. Lord, show us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.